welcome back to another episode of the Excellence Cartel today, ladies and gentlemen. The journey, mindset, and genetics with second place Mr. Olympi or Mr. Classic Physique Olympian Terrence Ruff. Dude, pleasure to have you on here, man. How are you doing today? Good, man. I can't complain. Uh, just you know, really at nice home smile. Get some <laughs> I hear that from time to time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I dig it. It's almost a shame we're not on video right now. Um, I just had to bust on you a minute. Jeffrey Sue. What's up? How are you doing today? Are you feeling good? Is is life treating you well in Massachusetts? How's your stress? How's how's your M4, your Bronco? How's life? Life is pretty good, man. I'm I'm sitting in my office right now looking outside the window and it's snowing. So, um, you know, that's typical well, that in Massachusetts, right? In late January. Um, the M4 is, you know, tugged, you know, tucked away, you know, snugly in the garage. Uh, the Bronco is sitting outside. I'm getting my garage drywalled and plastered uh, probably later this week or next. Mini splits are going in for heat and AC. So I'm going to have like a fully functional uh, little gym in my garage soon. Um, and then, of course, I'm going to acquire a Cybex hack squat and a T-bar row. And then I'll have everything I need. And I never have to deal with like random people in the gym again. So, yeah. Have you become that much of an introvert? You know what? The other day I was working out, right? I was at, I was at Crunch Fitness in Westboro, Massachusetts. Okay. And I'm on the leg press and I, I left the leg press to go take a piss. And then when I come back, this lady's taking off my weights. I'm like, hey, I'm like, hey, excuse. I was really nice. I was like, hey, excuse me. You know, I still have one more set left, but if you want to work in with me, I, I'd be glad to share this machine. And she goes, working with you, I'm using it. And I'm like, what? I was like, I was like, I was on it. Like my stuff is right there. My phone's right there on the pad. And then she's like, well, we're moving. And I was like, <laughs> Dude, that shit don't happen in Kentucky. You just got I, I look at her. I, I look at her dead in the eye. I'm like, no, I'm gonna finish my set. Rude, I put dude. my weights like, back on. And then she complains the to the, the kid at the front desk, and the kid's like, I don't know, I'm not doing anything. So I ended up doing my set. I wipe it down and I let her have, it and she like fucking gives me the stink eye for the rest of my workout. So, did you get thrown out of the gym? That's the most no, question like, you know the what? audience wants to know right now. I can't get kicked out of another gym for getting into it with the members. So like, I, I had to borrow time. I had to yield, put my ego aside, and just be like, listen, like I'm just gonna do my set and I'm gonna clean it off nice, get my COVID off of the fucking the pad, and you can use it. <laughs> Mm, well, fair. Yeah. Um, people, are, people are mean up there, man. Jeez. Yeah, you know that's that's par for the course in Massachusetts. But hey, Jeff, you know, other than that, life is good. Um, oh, another thing. So, so people, I, I I told my clients this. I'm getting septum surgery on the third of February for my birthday. So I'm turning 37. So what better than to relieve myself of sinitis or whatever it's called <laughs> and sleep apnea? So I'm getting my, my uh, sept deviated septum fixed, and that's like a two-week recovery. So I can't train hamstrings for another two weeks. So oh. they're just going to get – You're just spending all kind of money. Yeah, you know, you know, might as well, right? You know, easy come, easy go. I guess. Yeah. Um, how's your blood pressure? <laughs> huh? How's your blood pressure? My blood pressure is good. I'm cruising right now. You know, Jason knows. You know, we've been – Let's talk about your stress. I was just talking around. to you a little bit health phase and everything, you know, I haven't lost an ounce of strength. I'm still like 206 lean, you know, I'm feeling good, you know? All right. Yeah. Well, Jason, good sir. Colleague, friend, how's your last seven days been? Um, been solid. Um, I am now at the point where I'm not taking any functional, more functional med cases for the, for the moment. 
Um, if someone wants to prep and they're healthy and ready to roll, I'm taking them. But um, I've, I've kind of done my numbers and know where I'm at and um, I'm, I'm good. Um, that way I can just focus on the clients I have. Um, new ethics, we released Biofilm Resolve, uh, which helps clear up biofilms throughout the gut. You use it with Gut Defender. Um, biofilms are just how bacteria basically protect themselves. They clump together and um, the biofilm resolve helps kind of break that down. So gut defender can do its job. So helps for SIBO cases, people that have some like microbiome issues. So we dropped that and it's done really well in the pipeline. We're going to do a liposomal carnitine. Um, I got a lot of people who don't want to inject and if we can bypass the stomach by going into the palate, uh, it should get into the bloodstream just the same. So we're working on that. It's an R and D right now. And I'm pretty excited about that. It'll be, you know, probably 10 to 12 weeks on that, but it's in the pipeline. Um, but yeah, you know, things have been solid. Um, going through a little health phase myself, just cruising along here, um, pull back on everything. Um, got labs coming in this week, uh, see where I'm at. And, um, go from there. I haven't picked any shows because I need to take care of that and see where I'm at and just go from there. But, uh, I'm sitting probably 195, pretty lean and, um, I can be 185 on stage. So that's about it for me. I think. What's the weather like there? Shit, shit, man. It's killing me this year. Uh, it's 35 and rainy dude. And then yesterday it was 32. Oh, Oh, come on. That's nothing. Uh, it's there's no sun, man. You probably don't have any sun either, but I, it's the sun that kills me. I need, I need sun, man. It just, it, it just drains me. It's cold and dark here every day. I mean, I've already told you Massachusetts is a shithole. I've told you to move a million times. The property value <laughs> like, dude, you just keep, you're just like a glutton for punishment. Don't buy a turn down house. Okay, I'm gonna buy one. Jeff, don't put a gym in your garage. Okay, I'm going to buy one. Now I don't have any money. <laughs> Just let the record clearly show it was Jason who antagonized Sue by pushing him. All right. Well, it is 63 and sunny as fuck here. So <laughs> good old Nashville, baby. Well, things have been good for me. Um, you know, I posted yesterday. I hit a cool milestone with my online business and training growth uh, being in that TRM group. Crack, cracking into the 20k club and then um nope. we're bringing actually matt onto the podcast here um in a few weeks to talk yeah. about his program trm which i'm a leader and i serve in and um kind of some of the cool stuff he does because he works a lot on the business side of uh, coaching so he'll have some different insights than what jason phillips does as far as like marketing and, and building and he's from canada so we'll get a knock on the show and right. be able to have a good conversation with him. But other than that, man, just things have been good. I really have no complaints. Um, Keegan recovered from surgery. You know, we went in uh, 8 o'clock Thursday morning. He was back there at 10 a.m. And I was back there at 1, and we were out at 2.45. Right. He's had, like, pain medicine just twice, and he hasn't had it since, like, the day of the surgery. That was it. Or the next day he had, like, some in the morning, I think. And then now he's moving around on that walker, whipping around getting back to life. So hopefully he'll be walking here in a few weeks at the rate he's progressing. But, um, Terrence, my man, how's your last seven days been? And I don't even want to hear about your <laughs> weather because you're down in Florida, right? Yeah, it's beautiful. That's some bullshit. Yeah, bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> nice down there. Um, no, my seven days have been good. Uh, really, for me, it's just been working nonstop since 
the Olympia, to be honest with you. It's been pretty busy. Um, been doing some cool stuff, trying to get my, my actual, like, coaching business in order. Um, looking to, like, uh, hire a person pretty soon, like my first uh, coach. So that's awesome. Um, but I'm trying to figure out, like, legal stuff and things like that before I even kind of start narrowing down a person. Um, I talked with, you know, like, John about how he went about the process, and that was helpful. Um, as for like other business stuff, cool. Yeah, I'm, um, you know, pretty much maxed out for what I want client wise because I want to spend time like with continued education, you know, taking classes from you guys. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, so uh, I've already taken one from uh, Jason and uh, Jeff. So I just want to continue learning. So I don't want my, my workload to be too heavy. And, uh, yeah, other than that, um, bodybuilding wise, I'm just kind of maintaining right now. Also getting some blood blood work done. Um, hopefully this week. Uh, headed out to see John Meadows um, February first to train with Sean Kalita, so that should be fun. Oh, that'd and, be cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, I don't get oh. too outdone. Yeah. Is, is he gonna hurt your feelings? <laughs> Sean, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I think we weigh about the same, but he's like four inches shorter than me. So, <laughs> How tall are you? Uh, yeah. I'm five five, and Sean's like five one. Okay, so Sean's more like my height because I'm like five two. <laughs> I'm like baby. I'm like I'd fit in your pocket actually. <laughs> I had no idea you were five two. You do not look five two. Thank you, man. There's nothing like telling a midget that he's really tall. So I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> oh man. So, yeah, I think that's most of uh, what's going on with me. Um, just trying to keep my um, – I won't be doing any shows besides the Olympia. Um, so just trying to fill my calendar with, like, appearances and stuff. So um, that's going well. I like to travel. Only bad thing is, you know, obviously with COVID, I can't do anything international right now. So yep. um, that's kind of a bummer. You know, now that I can finally get – have, like, the – um, I don't know what the word is, prestige to get invited to places. I can't go anywhere. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, yeah. But I mean, everything else is good. Yeah. Good deal. I have a question for you real quick, because we're going to start talking about your journey and everything. And then, you know, we want to talk about genetics and all that, but what's your focus, like your mindset going into getting first place next year? <laughs> Well, I guess this upcoming year, like, what are you going to change or what are you necessarily going to work, like, double down on and improve on? Yeah, so, yeah, nothing, not too much to change. It's just doubling down on what I've been, you know, been doing. It's just been a slow process. Uh, or not really that slow, but, you know, moderate pace process. Um, you know, I had, I've had to, you know, obviously just hit the gym, progressively overload, you know, uh, work hard. And I'm, you know, over time I've been each and every year I've improved. It's just taken a while to kind of get to this spot. So um, I'm just going to continue doing what I've been doing. Um, I feel like I still have this, they're not so much weakness, not so much weaknesses anymore. Um, I would say, um, but still trying to improve in the same spots to make them better. Like my upper body, my arms, hamstrings are like the, the main focus. So you know, continually trying to make those better. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I did a, I made a post the other day about uh, people, people like to, um, this is a little different in your question, but people like to ask, what are you going to do different now that so-and-so wins the show, like Chris or Breon, and honestly, not much is going to change for me. 
based on like who's winning because I can't look, I can't magically train hard and be six feet tall and look like Chris, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm just <laughs> just going to continue to, uh, you know, work on, you know, make myself better. Yeah. Stay in your lane, basically. A- any chance that yeah. you remove hypertrophy, hypertrophy coach from helping you with the training and hire Jeffrey Sue for hamstring training advice? Any, any chances there? <laughs> I'm just fucking with not, you, Sue. Not, not <laughs> I can see Sue. I just want, if we ever can all meet, can you just like, can you fulfill my fantasy and let Sue put you through a hamstring workout? Like Listen, it's a really weird fantasy, but I just want to see if it. If I actually put him through a workout, I don't know. I think he would actually like it. Listen, Jeff, I just have really shitty genetics. All right. Like, like, like Terrence posted on his Instagram. He's always had great legs, right? Like from the front, my legs are pretty fucking good, but my hamstrings just suck. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, the people that struggle with a body part hard are usually the ones that have ideas to improve it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Because they so, struggle so hard. Exactly. You know? Yeah, bingo. All right, man. Well, now after that good little chuckle, <laughs> I wanted to kind of start with your journey because, you know, you've been steadily cracking at it in the ranks for a couple of years now, but. You know, where did it really start for you? And where did you decide, think, you know, that that switch flip for you to go, you know, I could really go far with this, you know, or is it just always something that was there in the back of your head from day one? So, um, I didn't know anything about bodybuilding until I was about 18 years old. I had already joined the military, um, joined when I was 17, uh, tried out for special forces. Uh, it was called, um, oh, goodness. It's been a minute now. I used to know all this stuff off the top of my head. Um, tried out for uh, TACB. TACB, yeah. Um, basically, they deployed with the Army um, and a couple other, like, the Army, uh, Rangers, whatever. It's pretty it's pretty diverse who they can deploy with, and they call in airstrikes. So, uh, made it pretty far, but didn't end up passing. And um, in the meantime, while I was waiting for a different, uh, you know, job for them to give me, I started hitting the gym. Um, and I started seeing, you know, really good results really fast. Um, you know, once I got to my new station, I started my uh, training for my new job, uh, electronic warfare. And the, some of the classmates I had said I should look into bodybuilding. So um, he, the guy who were missing, I don't remember his name anymore, but he was a uh, he was a pretty successful uh, powerlifter overseas. Yeah, I don't know how he came about coming into the military here, but. Um, so I, look, I went to the I went to the store because I didn't know how to use the internet really, and uh, I didn't have a smartphone at the time. And um, I got the magazine, and Dexter Jackson was on the cover. And um, after I saw that, I was pretty much like, "Yeah, I'm gonna gonna do this." It was it was pretty simple for me. Um, yeah, and then uh, a year later, I competed, and uh, yeah, my first show, I got uh, second in the teenager class and last in the uh, open lightweight division. So, yeah. So, you know what it's like to get the state. I would have never place. thought you got a last place in the lightweight division. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I probably should have been a band. I'm like, I wasn't quite lean. I literally, I think the, I was 144. So literally uh, a pound and I could have been a band of weight. Yeah. Um, just my, I don't know. My coach didn't even try to yeah. help me lose a pound. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, dude, there's no, hope was, for me now as a lightweight. Honestly, <laughs> it didn't bother me at all, though. You know, when I lost, I mean, 
it kind of made it just kind of actually like it pushed me to to train harder because the next year I um I came pretty close to winning the overall at the same show. Um and then, you know, six months after that I got my pro card. So yeah. What weight class did you were you at when you uh won your first show and then or almost won your first show and then what weight class did you turn pro at? Same lightweight, um still. I um I was about ten pounds heavier the following year and I weighed the same at nationals. I just was a lot tighter. So I probably put on a decent amount of muscle, but um I just was a lot leaner um at the same weight for nationals, yeah. How did last place motivate you? I guess pretty well then. Was there a, the did the flip yeah. kind of yeah yeah but I mean did the how did that flip or switch flip for you should I say like what did you start doing differently after that to add you know a significant amount of muscle where you going almost clean house as a lightweight Jason and I know because that's the class that we both kind of came through that that's really really hard to win a class as <laughs> show as lightweight so what did you do different yeah um I think a lot of it so I mean. I was pretty um I didn't know what I was doing going into that first show. Um I did most of the off season just kind of I read I had this other magazine with Joel Thomas on the cover uh, called A to Z Nutrition. Basically, uh I just ate um I didn't know exactly how to do macros and stuff and then all that stuff, but I would just eat chicken and rice for like four or five meals and then have like a normal breakfast. And that's what I kind of did for most of that quote unquote all season whatever bulking phase whatever you call it and um you know i i thought i trained hard definitely didn't train hard at all and, um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> <after> the, <laughs> yeah so after the show um i met this bodybuilding couple um john and heather blacks down in uh fort Long beach florida and um i'm pretty i knew i didn't know anything so i would ask everyone in the gym everyone that was you know, bigger than me, um, you know, what they thought about this, that I train with them, how they feel about that. And um, I kind of compiled different, you know, um, answers and kind of, you know, went from there. So I was really humble. I, w- I would even tell them, like, hey, if you see me on something wrong while I'm lifting, just you know, let me know. So that was a huge thing. I've always, um, I've always understood that, yeah, you can, it's great to, you know, be able to do things on your own, obviously, uh, you end up learning a lot more that way, but just having people help you, it, you end up getting to places a lot faster. That's so, yeah. you know, yeah. So it's, it's, it's good and bad with both, but definitely I like, I'm always feel like I'm running out of time. So definitely learning from other people is how to do things and uh, just kind of uh, propelling myself forward that way. Do you feel crunch for time to make the, the first place at the Mr. O or do you, I mean, you're only 26, right? 20 27 yeah 27 now yeah oh so you missed that jason (laughs) our young little lamb here yeah what what you how old were you when you turned pro? 21 yeah my birthday was the month before so i I wanted to do usa's but i didn't have the money at the time so i had to wait until uh nationals a few months later so i was 21 yeah but do you feel rushed? But who's to say I may not have got it there? Jeff, Jeff interceded my to get first. Yeah. Um. You know, I kind of do because everyone has, you know, there, there's different moments in time where people can, you know, achieve greatness, and sometimes 
that moment is missed. So, you know, I think of, you think of things like, oh, if this bodybuilder was five years younger and his physique was here, he would have uh, yeah. been Mr. Olympia or this or that. And, and, you know, I understand that I'm, I have a great physique and I'm a great bodybuilder, but I also understand that at any given time, just like Ronnie Coleman shot up, there could be some dude that one day figures it out and just wins like eight in a row. And then that's my career. You know? So I, and I even, I think about like, Hey, I beat Breon. I wish I could have beat him. I wish I had this physique three years ago. Right. And then I would have beat him then, you know? So there's things like that I think of. And um, honestly, that it's a thought in my mind, but it, that doesn't really worry me all that much um, for whatever reason. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you want to jump into anything, or do you mind if I ask my fault next question? You can ask. I got a lot of questions, so go ahead. All right. <clears throat> so you turn pro 21. Your mindset obviously has to take another shift then, right? Because you decided to compete at the big boy level, you know, and obviously make as far as you did. What was your first pro show? What was it like preparing for that? And how did your mindset change from the moment you turned pro to competing in that first pro show? Uh, my story is interesting and not many people will, you know, ever be, it's only a couple of people that are, will ever be able to kind of relate to that again. Um, in a fact that I turned pro in bodybuilding, um, there was no classic physique, um, when I turned pro. So I went into it thinking, oh shit, I got to gain like a hundred pounds <laughs> <laughs> in 212. So, um, I was working towards that and I was, honestly, I didn't really gain much weight at all. Um, I ended up weighing maybe four or five pounds more. Um, so I turned pro in 2014. 2015, there was no classic. They didn't announce it to, you know, early 2016. So, um, yeah, so my, I didn't do my first pro show, to, uh, you know, a year and a half later. Um, going into that show, I was really nervous because I didn't know what classic he was. I didn't know what to think about it. Um, you know, you're competing against guys with all different heights, which is different from, you know, bodybuilding because you know everyone has a high class so that kind of concerned me a bit i had all types of you know worries and doubts and i noticed with myself being if i take it's been extended periods off from the stage i'm a little nervous coming back uh but going into it you know um i just i just focused on what i could you know i could could control and um that's what i normally do i listen back then i used to listen to a lot of uh what do you call them? I don't know if they're like motivational stuff, like Napoleon Hill. Um, he was one I really, really liked. And that's what I kind of did most of the day to kind of keep my head straight. And um, yeah, so that's kind of how, how my first experience was. Yeah. Badass. Sue, you want to ask anything? Yeah. I mean, this is more, this is more so like what I think our listeners may be curious about, but I guess maybe my first question going along with our, our topic of conversation now is, you know, now that you're in the top ranks, like you're surrounded by, you know, the, the you know, the reigning Mr. Olympia, Chris Bumstead, and, you know, all these other top end, you know, bikini girls, figure girls and all that in terms of like business, right. What do you see people doing right? And what do you see people doing wrong? Because we know that being Mr. Olympia or being, you know, a champion at this level isn't enough to guarantee an actual living income. 
You know, a lot of people blow the sponsorships yeah. and all that stuff. So having a great physique and winning titles isn't enough. So what are you doing right? Or what do you think people are doing wrong? And what makes the difference between being a successful Mr. Olympia, like a Jay Cutler versus like other people who just won titles and just kind of like forgotten over time? Good question. That is good. Yeah, I was, I was, I just had this conversation the other day. Um, Cause yeah, there are, there has been some living Mr. Olympias and, you know, pretty high placing guys that have been broken for and homeless, um, which is very, 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 very telling that just because you win, just because you're good doesn't mean you're uh, secure. Um, I think the biggest thing that kind of um, caught my attention was a while ago when I was first turning pro, I was trying to figure things out. Um, actually, the Mr. Z guy kind of, kind of, um, said it uh what's his name andre ferguson he was like you need to treat this as a business treat your instagram as a business treat everything as a treat, treat being a pro as a business and that's where things kind of changed for me um i think yeah if having sponsorships is great but you know i've been in a position where you rely only, only on a sponsorship and then that sponsorship goes and then you're like oh shit i need money you know so that's one thing i would like to say is uh definitely don't want to be solely relying on our sponsorship it's great they're paying you a lot of money take it but continue to do your own thing on the side as well whether it's you know coaching whether it's um like a an app whether it's uh youtube whatever it may be continue to do that or start to build that if you don't have it if you know um so that would be the biggest thing uh once i'm pretty soon after uh you know i'm uh Later this year, I'll probably be buying my first rental property. So just having things set up in place in case, um, you know, no one knows how long bodybuilding is going to last. Look at uh, Chris Dam. You know, he went down for surgery and woke up, you know, paralyzed. You know, down. Yeah. We'll never know how long he'll be a bodybuilder, how long this is going to be for. So, um, you know, take advantage as much as you can while, the, while you can and uh, just prepare for the future is the biggest thing. Yeah. And I know you're, you said that you're 27. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so I'm 10, I'm 10 years older than you. I'll be turning 37 in, in February. So at your young and, and ripe young age, like where do you see yourself like 10 years down the line? How, how much of involvement in bodybuilding, like, do you foresee, like, do you think you'll still be competing, like involved in the sport in any way? Like, what do you envision for yourself down the line? Like the ultimate <laughs> coaching, posing, <laughs> What would you be doing? I have no idea, man. I have thoughts, but I'll never know until I get there. I mean, if you don't have like, an OnlyFans, I'm disappointed. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, <laughs> I, you know, it's tough to say, but, I, you know, I don't think in 10 years, I don't think I'm competing. I think um, I, I'm pretty sure by the time I'm 35, I may be retired, but. Really? Who knows? But I'm I'm pretty sure I, that's what I want to do. I want to kind of focus on other things. Um, hopefully, I have a you know a family by then, and I can kind of spend time with my, my future kids and wife and whatever. But yeah. um, business wise, you know, I really I I've always really liked guys who um who, who built a business from bodybuilding. Guys, like, you know, like you, Jason, John Meadows, my old coach Matt Porter. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I eventually want to kind of do take that route. Um, I'm already working towards that. I got, you know, like I said, I want to be hiring my first coach sometime, maybe by the end of the year, and uh, kind of build that. 
But yeah, yeah, I think that's mostly it. And if, and you know, for whatever reason, if I don't want to bodybuild anymore, like I said, I'm working on my first rental property by also the end of the year. So I can kind of just retire and travel. Um, so um, that's kind of the kind of where I'm at now. Uh, <laughs> like I said, I'm still like, I have a plan, but um, you know, I'm always, I like freedom. So mm-hmm. I'm always open to different things. Like I'm saying, I may do this or I may do that. I have, but it just depends on how I feel when I get there. That's fair. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Actually, <clears throat> I had a question for you. You said you're potentially looking at getting another coach, correct? Like for your yeah. brand, right? What are you looking for in another coach? Well, this <laughs> I'm still very early on. I literally just made this this like decision like uh, this past week. But for now, I just want someone uh, like a general education, uh, a lifestyle coach. I don't want anyone. Uh, doing anything with like PDs or like anyone's like uh, hormones or stuff like that just yet. Cause one, I'm still learning about that, that side of things Two, um, I just don't want, I'm a little, I'm not the best. Um, I have weaknesses and stuff. And one of my weaknesses is kind of sometimes like, um, my weaknesses would probably be the hiring process and the firing process, <laughs> choosing <laughs> the right people for the position. So um, I just want to take it slow. And um, yeah, one, you know, I was talking to someone the other day. I just, you know, networking with people. I had a, I did a YouTube video proposing and the guy, he has a degree in, uh, you know, exercise science. He said he knew a few people that might be interested. So I think a degree, probably a degree would be nice as well, just to be, you know, cover all the bases. And, you know, it makes um, hiring and firing yeah. easier. What's that? If you know the values that you hire them by is the values you fire them by. Okay. So uh, that's been a big one when you form this business out. That's why I was curious. Like, you know, you got the general educator guy person that you're looking for, but like, what is it going to really take to want to work with you? Because you're a big name brand, you know, people, people are going to be looking to you to work with. Cause you know, you're going to have a pretty good yeah. pipeline built out. So I was just curious what your thoughts were on that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not the best with business to be honest with you. I'm good. Um, so a lot of, a lot of what I've been doing this past, you know, six months is really trying to, figure out, like you said, like pipelines, processes, legal work and things like that to keep myself like safe from stuff, you know, whatever pops up. So, yeah. Um, yeah. You'll want to sign yeah. up as an independent contractor and do okay. it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for answering that question. I do have a question to follow up to that though, unless you guys got something else you want to ask him. I, I got one. I, 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 don't have have a, I don't have a business. I have more on competing. I got something about business though. <laughs> Terrence, like, yeah, Terrence, Terrence. I would say, a, like, a piece of advice from from my standpoint, from a business standpoint, is a lot of people, like the general public, may perceive you or think of you as, oh, well, this guy just has great genetics. That's why where he, you know, he is where he's at. You know, they mm. don't. But I think if you were to demonstrate the knowledge that you have and offer value in that sense, like talk about training, talk about nutrition, that kind of stuff, and put that out there, combined with your physique, what you've accomplished, you would be unstoppable. Like people would be like, this guy knows his shit and he's living the lifestyle and he's winning. He's all around, he knows what he's doing. No, yeah, yeah. So I have done that in the past to get a most of my clients, well, a good good chunk of my clients before I uh, was, you know, uh, doing really well this past year. And I were actually, yeah, that, that was the easiest way. Like, anyone that asks me, I tell them pretty much give out free information and people will come see you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 
I just kind of, I kind of held off on it a bit for the most part because I don't have room for a lot of clients and I didn't want to have a lot of people, you know, inquiring about it. Um, to be honest with you, I don't know if that's right or wrong, but um, I think that's right. That was kind of my thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good. Jason, you go, you take the topic. I'm curious, like, so when I'm getting ready for a show and I'm in the last four weeks or whatever, and, and it's just a grind, um, I, I like to visualize, like, I'll be on the treadmill or whatever, and I'll close my eyes and just see myself going through poses, getting moved to the middle. Do you do anything like that? Are you a visualized guy or do you um, do anything else that kind of, you know, kind of keeps you in the, in the game when it's really difficult usually i do this last show i really didn't do much um visualizing but yeah definitely every other show besides this past one i have um yeah i've really been yeah yeah um this one's a little bit weird because honestly it didn't seem the prep was honestly didn't feel like a prep um yeah, everything else is, you know, you have to push a little harder. You know, you kind of have to have that that goal to kind of stay focused and stay, you know, um, you know, motivated. But this one, you know, I, I didn't really die that hard. I, I didn't have to do really any cardio. Um, wow. So it was, a little, it was a little weird, honestly. The show was really weird. I was able to work. I was still working. Um, I actually, I, I didn't, like, get all through all of them. I got through the type of clients like um you know um, the nights before the show maybe like that thursday okay. and um yeah it was weird you know um this prep was a lot different than any other prep not saying that we not saying that's the reason why i did so well at the show it just was a lot different yeah was that because you were already lean from from prior shows um I definitely was a bit, uh, we stayed a bit leaner, but um, honestly, I tried, um, I ended up doing a little bit of GH this show, and okay. yeah, I, you know, I didn't, I don't responded feel like I was doing it at all, but I responded well, like, fat burning wise, yeah, really, really well. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was strange, so um yeah, that was that was kind of the only thing we did different. I mean, even before that though, my cardio had been dropping from show to show. You know, my first show I did, you know, two hours after that, forty-five right. minutes twice a day, then to forty-five minutes, then to forty-five minutes four times a week is what I did for the Arnold. And you know, now it was nothing. So yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, you get leaner as you get older. I mean, if you stay and live the lifestyle, your body comp just kinda drops over time you know like the legs don't get as fat you don't put the fat on the glutes as much so i mean it makes sense i think you're gonna you know i was talking yeah i was talking to some people about that though because you know yeah and it made just me over overthinking things but i do agree with that that yeah it definitely if that's the way it should be but then you have a lot of you know open bodybuilders i talked to like i remember i was talking to john de la rosa and he was like he was doing like two hours of cardio you know, like, you know, seven, eight weeks out from the show. And I'm like, I don't know. And I hear that a lot. I don't know if they're just, I feel like sometimes they may be exaggerating, but in a lot of videos, you hear bodybuilders saying like they're dying from cardio, from zero, zero carbs all the time. Hmm. And I'm like, it doesn't seem like it's gotten any easier for any of these, any of these guys. So I was always, always wondering about that. 
Yeah, I, maybe it's just individual, but I mean, I was I was a leaner person to begin with. I'm sure you were too. So maybe it's just different. Yeah. They're more endomorphic too. You know, John's a big round guy. He's probably got some endomorphic tendencies to, you know, as well. So I think his skin's yeah. a lot thicker. He's, he's got to push hard, I think, to get that thinner look. But that's cool. Yeah. That answers my question. Jeff Black, did you have another? I had one, Jason. Uh, um, all right. So a lot of people may be wondering now, like, what exactly did you do? um for the olympia like what were what was your dietary approach are you like a macros guy are you a, a chicken and rice guy um you know and if you are a macros guy what were they when they started and what's like the lowest that you got down to how hard did you actually have to diet and if you want to d- dive into the supplement side i'll let you do that if if you want to let me pull up my diet since i got my computer open here. but i'm pretty much a macros guy uh well john gives me a diet plan but he's he's like Switch out what you want to switch out. So, I, I mean, yeah, he gives me the foods I eat. So if I want to switch something out, I'll do that. Uh, for the most part, I'm not too crazy with meals. Like, I'm not eating ice cream and Pop-Tarts and stuff. I'm, I feel like I I feel like I keep it pretty clean. But, you know, um, I think some of the wildest things that people may think are, are different that I eat are uh, – I, I do like burgers. So, like, I do, like, you know, 96 foods lean beef and make a patty out of it and then I get like organic bread and I have a burger um and then some other meals I'll do would be um we cut this out maybe like six weeks out from the show or so but I'll do like a parfait type one so like Greek yogurt a scoop of protein mixed berries and some granola so those are the, the kind of the most most of my other meals are like either chicken I don't know nah, I don't really do chicken but uh <laughs> turkey loin and rice <laughs> I got sick of chicken but yeah, turkey loin and rice yeah. yeah and um turkey loin and rice and either beef and rice is what I don't do breakfast is whole eggs I don't do egg whites uh, and grits for the most part whole eggs and grits so that's kind of the foods I'm looking up now my diet numbers yeah um, the Olympia was December, what, uh, 20th or so? Yep. Right? Yep. Okay. Um, so here we are. I'm having a hard time for you. I'm always looking up this this diet on my phone and like the stuff is in a weird spot here. So this is 12-4. Okay. So macros were at, this is the 4th of December. Macros were at, uh, I was eating 2,600 calories, um, 300 grams, a little over 300 grams of protein, 226 grams of carbs, and 50 grams of fat at that time. That's two weeks, three weeks uh, out. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. Were you starving? No, I felt fine. I didn't really feel like i said i didn't really feel like a prep um i didn't feel i've only had only had maybe like maybe five or six days where i felt like i was in prep like you know a couple days right before i needed an off day and then uh maybe the last three or four days of actually going into that show um yeah it was yeah it's i I mean i'm not complaining like it, it allows me to like work and that's you know i, I find that very valuable because that's what pays the bills yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, Terrence, yeah. remind, 
remind us all how how tall are you and how much do you weigh and how much you know what did you weigh when you started prep how many weeks did it take to get down to your show weight and what was your show weight okay so i found here's a i should have did this the other way but 16 weeks that was when we started i was at 4100 calories then Damn. um yeah so fine to 26 um i weigh uh, i don't remember what i weighed going into the show but Probably, I think I was close to around 200 pounds going into the show. Um, I weighed in at I weighed in at 173. Um, we didn't. We kind of had. We kind of pushed things a little bit harder um, because we thought my weight limit was 175, mm-hmm. but um, it was it was 180, yeah. <laughs> which is sucks because the height thing. So normally, I I always thought five five. At the Olympia, they weighed me. They heighted me at five, five and a half. At the Arnold, they heighted me at five, five and uh, three quarters. So, um, five, four and three quarters. So, um, oh, okay, yeah. Obviously, you grew from the GH. <laughs> <laughs> They're just not very good. almost <laughs> in. Yeah. Um, I have a question about your so, training. I'm yeah. curious to give us insight into that. What's been your approach with training? Who handles your training and like what's your I'll go with those two first that have a follow-up about how you do weak body parts. Okay, so um in the all season, well I don't train well first let me start here. I don't change my training very much at all. Uh, typically working sets are two to three uh, per exercise. Exercises maybe usually four to five and um let me see what else is there so those are the main things kind of like uh, and everything's to failure for the most part um the only time we kind of change that is when we're you know coming back into training so like after the show we kind of took things easy because i hadn't trained really in like two weeks um so coming into that we kind of take things easy the first couple weeks and then um the last two or three weeks we kind of ease back you know trying to manage fatigue prioritize uh recovery and that's so um that's all the time i'm really not trying to push uh to failure um i know that's weird because in a lot of literature people say oh you need you can go you know um you can do an ri one to three and be fine but um you know we haven't had any issues with recovery i don't really need i haven't really need to take any um what do you call them uh deloads um um, any deloads, thank you. Um, any deloads. Um, so you know, with that being said, we just we just keep pushing. Um, so yeah, uh, that's kind of the gist with training. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pretty simple, straightforward. That's the way it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> ve- I very boring. rarely, <laughs> I very rarely deload. I just switch up the workout and just maneuver something else. Okay. Um, but my that question is, how good. do you approach uh, follow? How do you attack weak body parts? So it's that's also I mean I was that's pretty uh, simple too. It's always funny you have guys that were like, oh, my arms are small, and then they're doing a push pull leg split. And I'm like, well maybe you should prioritize arms. You know, you know, grow a little bit better. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's kind of what we do. Um, anything I'm prioritizing for the most part is going to get to training days um, in a um, in a split. Um, so say for instance, my arms, we usually train them twice a week, but now it's a little different in the sense that we only have one actual arm day, but we also train ours on, uh, 
chest and back. So um, we're getting a little bit of you know, extra volume that way. Uh, so those are the really, really the biggest things to just prioritize them. Um, and we kind of pull back on things that don't need as much, uh, that are in a pretty good spot that are my strengths and my, my quads. I do one working set of leg extensions, one working set of pack squats, and then maybe two really high rep high reps of uh, lunges or some during prep we do crowlers. So uh, my quad day uh, volume is really really low. But it's kind of the thing too to see what you know people need as uh, to maintain muscle, and I think. Um, you know, obviously, like, the amount you need is not very much at all. <laughs> so um, that's kind of what we do. We kind of deprioritize stuff that's in a good place and then prioritize things that uh, need more work. So what you're saying, I could gather from Sue's questions about nutrition and then the answers you gave and then my questions about training and the answers you gave is, by and large, a lot of this, you wanted to talk about genetics before we went on the air. So I figured this would be a great way for us to actually segue into it because you, you haven't said anything special that, that no one probably listening hasn't heard. So then what is the sword there that is the difference maker? And, and I wanted to give you the floor to expound your, uh, your thoughts on this topic you wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think genetics, it gets lumped into one thing and most people don't know what exactly they mean when they say it. Um, so there's also, before I even get into that, I want to speak on like, um, I, you know, you always hear this terms, you know, outworking your genetics, outdoing your genetics. I don't, personally, I don't think that's possible. I think, uh, you have a genetic ceiling and maybe you're trying and trying and you're doing stuff and you're like halfway to that point. And then you figure out like, let's say your genetics is a door and you're trying different keys to unlock your potential. And then one day you're like, okay, um, this is just arbitrary, but like chicken and rice is what I need to do to feel muscle. And that's the key to unlock your door. Or maybe I need to eat more. That's the key to unlock the door. Maybe hit cardio is the way for me to get lean. But whatever it is, you find out whatever it is. Um, and then you can kind of reach that limit. So I think a lot of people, um, I'll say, say for instance, like, like born outward, no, he didn't. He just figured out what works for him and reached his genetic potential. I don't think. He could so like whatever you saw on stage was his potential. To say he outworked his genetics would have been oh he would have looked better than what he looked or whatever he, you know. Um, so that's kind of my thought press on genetics. Like you have, you have a you do have a limit, but um, whether you not whether or not you reach that limit is dependent on if you can find out what works for you. Um, and that's kind of my thing. So like genetics are also are you know. The, this comes back to things, but you know, you can have great genetics for building muscle. You know, obviously, we we'll have great genetics for like have a great structure, genetics for you know, getting lean, you know, muscle to belly shape, um, muscle belly length, different things like that. It's not all just one thing, it's, it's separate things you, you could be gifted in. Um, I have an awesome, you know, structure. You know, I'm a little short, but overall, you know, I'm pretty proportioned and everything flows very well. Um, but Gaining muscle is a lot harder for me. And I know people, I, I know people think that's funny. It's like, you're a pro bodybuilder, you're number two in the world. It's not that hard, but it's, it's um, relative to other people I can compete against. Um, you know, I've been a pro since uh, 2000, you know, 2016, since I was 21. I'm 27 now. I put on 
about 20 pounds, you know, in that time frame where, um, and about, you know, about 30 pounds in my total bodybuilding career, you know, uh, then you look at guys, the, the upper echelon of the upper echelon, like Keon, he put on 20 pounds in an off season, right. you know? <laughs> so <laughs> there's different levels. So like there's different levels to different things that people don't realize like, yeah, um, you know, also with genetics, people are great responders to gear. Yeah. Some people don't respond well. Some people, um, and there's different levels of that as well. Um, you know, there's tons of different things that you can think of that certain people have and other people don't. And I understand if you want to simplify it because life is better simple, but it's really, it's really not. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to kind of talk about that a bit. So say for like, again, like, um, me, I've always had a pretty, uh, well, not always, but uh, over the years, I had a hard time gaining muscle until I found Joe. In all these past two years, I've shot up very quickly, you know, since the Arnold and the Olympia. But before that, you know, like I said, I took a whole year off um, from 2000, the end of 2014 to August of 2016, and I put on maybe three or four pounds. So just what I'm doing. Some people will say that's your that's what you can do. That's your limit. But you know, I wasn't so quick to say, you know, to give up. So I found a person to kind of just try something different. And now I'm like, okay, well, I can actually grow a lot better than I thought I did. You know. So there's a lot of different things that kind of that are kind of involved in this. But um, I just want to see people. Yeah. Uh, my TV just turns on randomly. <laughs> So your house is haunted too. That's nice. <laughs> Can you hear it? Yeah, no, I did. I was like, wow, someone came in the room on Terrence. It's very be like his only fans club started earlier or something. <laughs> um, do you guys have anything you want to touch on about that after he where you guys want to go? I got a question. Might might take us in a different direction, Jeff. Yeah, go for it. I think we're right. from, from a coaching perspective, right? So, you know, like Jason Jeff and I were coaches, right? But we don't, you know, I think Jason coaches more of the IFBB than, you know, me and Jeff Black do. Um, me mm-hmm. being zero clients in the IFBB. But my question, <laughs> my question to you, Terrence, is the coaches that are, you know, out there coaching, you know, like, like Michaela or, um, you know, the, um, or Natalia or whatever, like, you know, the Jansons in, in, of the world there, right? What are they doing differently versus the coaches like us who are just doing gen pop? So honestly, man, I believe like to a certain extent, yeah, definitely uh, coaches at the top level, they, they're definitely good at what they do. But a lot of it is they just have, they just fell into, you know, they just happen to find a very genetically gifted person. Um, let's say for instance, you've had, we've, I mean, we've seen all the time where, uh, you know, upper echelon guy, he'll switch coaches, you know, and he won't look all that different. Yeah. He may look slightly different, but for the most part, you know, he looks relatively the same. Um, I think no matter who worked with Phil, he Phil he would have been Phil he, you know, <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> so stuff like that is definitely key. Same, uh, same thing with I don't I don't want to speak down on it, but let's say like for instance Derek, uh, his coach. Uh, for instance, no matter who worked with Derek, Derek would have been Derek. I, I I'm Derek lives in town. Derek Lunsford. He eats very very little. He eats less than I do. He uh, he uses less than I do. 
Um, so I can honestly believe any interest would have been able to get him, you know, to that top spot. He just happened to find this one guy and he did it. Um, so that's, that's a huge part of it. Like genetic potential with, with clients. Um, I've had clients now, you know, especially as I coach more and more people, I see more and more of what's possible. Um, and more yeah. and more of what people don't realize was normal, <laughs> you know? Um, Cause yeah, you get those clients, they put on, you know, 20 pounds in a, you know, 20, 30 pounds in a cycle. Then you got some guys that put on maybe three or four. Right. And you know, <laughs> so like, honestly, I think it's mo- a lot of to do with just the clients they, they happen to get. Um, because yeah, you don't see the other, you know, 30, 40 clients that they're coaching at the time. Um, you just see, oh, you just see like, oh, this is the, the big Rammies I'm coaching or the, or whoever it may be, you know? So, yeah. Jason, do you have anything you would like to ask? No, I'm good. I'm good. Terrence, is there anything you would like to go over that perhaps we did not go over in today's podcast? Since we have you, I I feel like it's been great education for me. Really? Um, I'm just saying. uh, I have a question. You me off guard. Yeah, you talking about guard. See, I've stopped the questions today. I'll help you out, Terrence. Yeah. So, so a lot. So everyone listening is like they're, they're probably like blown away that you know us three Jamokes like we're like nobodies and we have you know Mr. Olympia on our podcast and they- <laughs> he got second. He's working on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm they, working on it. Yeah, speaking they, into existence. They, yeah, I'm speaking into existence. Listen. So, so I think people want to know, like, who, who are you? Like, what do you do outside of bodybuilding? Like, what, what's your like favorite, like TV show? Like, do you have any skills? Like, can you play piano or like, like juggle? Like what's your favorite way to cook a chicken breast? Like, <laughs> can, can I find you on like match.com or Tinder? I mean, like, what do you do? Yeah, you know, are, you, are you single? Like, are you, you know, let's go down this road. This is way better. Yeah. Let's go down this. Oh my God. Yo, so, um, man, <laughs> from a small town of Beatrice, Alabama, currently population of like 201 people. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, this is going to be a ghost town by the time I'm like 40. Huh. Um, there was four. Yeah. There was like four, 500 by when I was living in I was, less than half that you know um you know single mom she's awesome she comes to all my shows you probably have heard her screaming um in the background of some of my posting videos she probably pissed a few people out there but no nah, she's awesome uh free time tv shows i love sci-fi stuff i love sci-fi space stuff the most uh for whatever reason, like uh, Ad Astra, um, Interstellar, all that, all those type of movies are literally, I don't know why I like it so much, but I never want to go to space, but uh, I love watching stuff about that. Hey, do you think uh, space is scarier or the ocean is scarier? Without a doubt, the you ocean. You know what, I just watched the <laughs> You think so? Yeah, oh yeah, man. Yeah, no doubt. Ocean, for sure. My butthole just clenched thinking about exploring. What the, the fuck, man? <laughs> I don't know, man. I think if I had to be stranded in the ocean or stranded in space, I'd probably rather be stranded in the ocean. Okay. Because I, I feel like I would could survive. I don't know how you could survive being stranded in space. I'm not, obviously I would be a lot smarter if I was in space. So maybe I could figure out a way, but. I, I have know, to I like raise my, my hand. I have to raise my hand and inject this thought to you. 
Have you ever seen killer whales hunt their prey in a pack? Once you see that, you will never want to be in the ocean stranded, Terrence. All right. And Mako sharks, they do that as well. I'm just clarifying points that of natural geographic discovery channels and so forth has educated me when I smoke up a lot of marijuana and proceed to get lost in watching what nature does best, be ruthless. So, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. That's a good point. But, I mean, yeah, I like those types of stuff. But, like, you know, obviously the Marvel, DC, I'm really big into that. Uh, what else do I do? I, uh, when I lived in Maryland, I've, I used to like to hike. That was fun. Um, no hiking in Florida, though, so kind of out of luck there. Um, I live alone. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no wife. I was married at one point. I got married really young. Yeah, like, I think, shit, it's been a while now, but we got married really young. Um, around like, yeah, 20, about 21, we got married. Yeah, so I'm divorced now. So, but, uh, you know, she's cool. She's still a cool person and, uh, you know, no, no hard feelings there, but this is a little, little young man. And, uh, Oh, most of my time is spent just working. I know I'm just um, if I'm if I'm not working, um, I like traveling, but COVID kind of screwed that up, so I don't really get to go anywhere right now. But I've been to. Um, I've, cool thing is, through I've used bodybuilding to travel more than I did in the military. I've been to Korea, been uh, all over Europe, you know, Spain, nice. Italy. Yeah, yeah, and I did at that time. You know, I got paid to go to Korea. Someone paid for me to go, but for the Europe trip, I paid all myself. I set up all the um, seminars and yeah, so that was that was tough, but kind of a fun experience to kind of kind of work through. I did. I went from it was right after Toronto Pro, so I did the Toronto Pro, and I I, I planned my trip to Spain, to Italy, to London, and to France. So yeah, I had to do all that myself, and um, yeah, it was fun. That was a fun trip. I stayed about a month. I was ready to go home at that point, but I realized, like, yeah, three weeks is kind of like my my max of traveling at the time. But um, yeah, I love new cultures and new things. I've been to El Salvador and kind of want to. I got a map over here of like all the places I've been, and I kind of want to scratch off every place. That's super cool. Well, you know, at least you can stay somewhere three weeks. Sue can't stay anywhere on vacation like three days. He'll text Jason and I like day two in. He's like, I'm like, I just feel like I'm in a cage. And I'm like, I'm a real homebody. Like, I like my routine. Yo, I'm the opposite. I hate being stuck in one place. Um, that's kind of the reason I left the military. I, I worked in this this vault. So you literally had to open a vault and go into this room. No, no, um, no windows or no nothing else. You had to leave your phone on the outside. And I just kind of got tired of that. Yeah. I would have too. Dude, you know, man, like this has been a super cool conversation. I really enjoyed it because, you know, you got second in something that 99.9999999% of the population cannot do. And you managed to do that. And you've done it at a young age. And, you know, you, you're just very humble. You just, you stick to the basics, you work, keep your head down, you show up. And I, I can appreciate that, man. I can tell you that as a 40 year old, giving you some wisdom and advice, just keep doing that. And before you know it, a lot of things that you really see manifest even more. And, and, you know, you got a bright future because you're number two in the world is something that is very, very elite. 
and you still humble yourself to learn and, and from others to grow yourself. And that is a great trait. And that is something that all champions usually carry. And it's great to see that with you too, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. That means a lot. I just made you blush. You guys see that? <laughs> Number two in the fucking world blushed right in front of me. Look at that. That is red as his shirt. Oh, right now. yes, so, sir. Yeah. yeah. Look at that smile and shit. Oh, man. I'm going to swipe oh, on man. you later when I text I you. Like, hey, hey some... I have another question. I have another question. Of course question. you do. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you, what do you think Chris Bumstead is doing right now? <laughs> I have no no idea what he's doing, man. Enjoying life. I like Chris, man. I like Chris a lot. He's he's probably just enjoying his like wrestling polar bears or something. Wrestling polar bears. Wrestling polar bears. That'd be his mastermind class. He'll do how to properly wrestle a polar bear. Like that'd be great. Well, Terrence, man, where can everyone find you? Where can everyone give you a follow for, you know, if they're interested in hiring you as a coach, learning more about you, following your journey? I know you do posing coaching, nutrition, the whole work. So now's your chance to plug it, my man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, everything's Rough Diesel, uh, roughdiesel.com, roughdiesel underscore Instagram, and roughdiesel for my YouTube. I'm working on that now, trying to put out some better and more content. So. Uh, yeah, if you used to follow me, it was like, ah, this dude's boring. I've been on this uh, <laughs> and I'll hopefully I impressed you. So, yeah, dude, man, I you're, it's awesome having you on, man. You're a pleasure to just chat with. <laughs> yeah, no, you know? you're just laid back. I'll be honest yeah. with you. I'm like, I'm like, man, maybe we could get high together sometimes because that's like my love, love language. So, bring you to Nashville. We could do a posing <laughs> no. seminar. You could, Jason can study your artwork, you could put it on display. Only fans camera. I the plan corner. to go to the next thing. I plan to go to the next thing. I don't know when you guys are gonna. Was it? Is it in Arizona or I don't know if you guys pitch shows yet or what? Nashville. Nashville. I actually have the email okay. drawn up right now that's going out when we get done with this because me, Sue, and Jason got a chick chat and we're gonna finalize some stuff. But yeah, man, it'll be here in Nashville. Hey, hey, one okay, more so question, yeah, yeah. guys. Yeah. Terrence, how many plates can you do on the Cybex hack squat? Uh, don't like, answer that question. Deflect. Do not build into his ego. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> you know what? You know what? <laughs> I was gonna talk about the odd thing real quick. I smoked. I smoked weed for the first time in 2017 at the Olympia. Right at, at yeah, at the Olympia. Um, I didn't do any. I didn't smoke anything. I didn't do any drugs in high school or anything. But yeah, uh, so I'm pretty new to it. I'm pretty new to all this. Um, weed and psychedelics and things like that. Oh, so, psychedelics, yes, yeah, sir. Don't get them. Sir. I, had, <laughs> I had my buddy, he's super into it. I had him listen to one of your podcasts, said that he really enjoyed it. Uh, when you had, I forgot who the guy was, but he, he really liked Paul it. Austin. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. yeah, Paul's, so Paul's was, cool, man. Me and Jason might hit up one of his retreats we were talking about. I'm like, that'd be cool to go do. Because it's a bunch of CEOs and business people that just trip together. I'm like, the ideas would be great. I definitely could figure that. But yeah, man, when you come to Nashville, I'll gladly, uh, not, I guess I can't say that openly, but yes, no, we will cultivate a better mind together. How about that? That's the way yeah, I'll say that. Sounds that sounds like a good time. Yeah. Cool, like man. Well, guys, we right. look for, thanks again, Terrence, for joining us. We really appreciate it. And guys, we'll see you all next week. Later. All right. Yep.